Good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 271, and we are moving right along on the topic of baseball, looking at all the different associations, labor unions and trade unions connected to Major League Baseball. A lot of it is fascist, some of it is socialist. And so it's just plain not good. So we're taking a look at these different things because it typically comes down to money and it comes down to people wanting someone else's money based on their circumstances or their greed and I'm not a fan of that. But before we dive into that, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual you guys are awesome. We love to see you here. So a big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, British Columbia, Florida, Illinois, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Ohio, Minnesota. I love that Minnesota. I love how you guys say that. Alabama, Washington, Nebraska, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, District of Columbia, also known as DC, aka the swamp, let's drain it. Let's see next one big shout out to Mississippi, Kansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Nevada, Maryland, New Mexico, Michigan, Iowa, New Hampshire, Alberta, Ontario, New Brunswick, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Manitoba, Hawaii, Newfoundland, Labrador. In terms of countries, the United States, Singapore, Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, India, Niger, Slovakia, South Africa, Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, the Federated States of Micronesia, which is way out in the boonies of the ocean near Australia. Try to think it's to the north of Australia. If I remember correctly, it's in the Pacific Ocean and it's to the northern side of Australia, but kind of even further up from there if I'm looking at the map correctly. So good to see you guys. And then the Philippines, Bangladesh, Hong Kong, China, Lithuania, Egypt and Iran. So good to see you guys. Okay, so just FYI, I am recording from a different app because the other one was not working correctly. I usually record from Otter, O T T E R, because I like how it has a transcription service, but it ever since they did the update, it just sucks. Excuse my language, but it's just been horrible. So, I downloaded a different app and I'm trying this out. So it's a Samsung voice recorder. So I'm giving this puppy a try so it's not going to have transcription available, so I will have to get a different software technology for that. But I am going to use this app for recording until I we figure something else out unless this works going forward, which would be awesome. Less work for us to do in terms of formatting for the podcast. But do let us know yay or nay what you like, what you don't like. Let us know how the sound quality is. if there's a issue or if you love it if you love the sound quality you know on these different platforms let us know let us know if ever there is an issue you can always email us at yourlaborlaws@gmail.com and again that's yourlaborlaws@gmail.com okay so today we're going to be taking a look at the association of professional ball players of america also known as APBPA So this is directly from their website so I'm not making this up and I did not write this so this is directly from their website it says our organization was formed when 12 members of major league baseball players including Babe Ruth gathered in Los Angeles, California, mind you, a very democrat state, very socialist even back in these days and this occurred in 1924 with first baseball commissioner honorable judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis 
That sounds like an Indian name, because why would you name your kid Kennesaw Mountain? That makes no sense to me. And determined there was a need to assist the less fortunate members of the baseball profession. <coughs> Excuse me. In the past almost 100 years, we have grown to over 101,500 current members and have provided temporary financial assistance to thousands of current and former professional players, coaches, umpires, scouts, and trainers. Major League Baseball, the National Association of the Minor Leagues, Major League Baseball alumni, and then the MLBPAA and the AAGPL and the SABR have all endorsed the association and recognized the important role we play in helping those baseball players in need. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, hold on just a second. <coughs> I apologize. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a moment. Okay. So it says in terms of their mission, it says our mission is to furnish financial assistance to the sick or indignant ball player or a member of the baseball family when he becomes of an age where he is no longer able to provide for himself and has no other source of income. So basically socialism. This includes any ball player or member of the baseball family, basically like pre-social security, so it's a cop out, who may contract an incurable disease. irrespective of age who has no other source of income or relatives to provide for him so basically socialism and um what i find to be very interesting is that they're focusing on the disease not the cure that's one thing that really bothers me about this but this is kind of common around this time because of eugenics what you have to remember is that eugenics um made it splash in our civilization in the late 1800s early 1900s I'd have to double check the exact date but there were many people that had a very horrible opinion of what they considered incurable diseases because there were many diseases back then uh, back in the turn of the century 1920s and before then many diseases were considered incurable that are curable now so it's really just your mindset you know someday cancer will be curable Just like syphilis used to be considered incurable and I'm not saying that cancer is contagious because it's not but I'm just saying that it's the mindset. Like whenever you get diagnosed with something if you think oh it's over it's curtains then guess what your body and your brain is going to go along with whatever you think say and do. So if you think you're sick and you go along with that diagnosis guess what your health will quickly deteriorate. Very quickly. Like the battlefield is in the mind. I'm not saying that diagnoses aren't real because they are, but my personal opinion and how I live my life is whenever I have a diagnosis, whether it's good, bad or ugly or it's you know serious or not serious, whatever it is, I go straight to the God of Abraham. Like I don't sit around and wait. I don't agree with the medical report. I agree with my heavenly Father. So I go with I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm whole. God's got this. I will still do for the most part what the doctor says to do unless it's something that I just completely disagree with. Cuz doctors are not always Christian and well, I'm Jewish Christian, but they're not always religious and they're not always um they don't always believe in God. Many of them are pagan, many of them are atheists, and many of them are agnostic, and even if they are Christian or Jewish Christian or even Jewish, many of them whenever they have, whenever they go to medical school or law school, 
especially during this time, they think they are God. They think they have the right to tell someone you're dying and it's all curtains, get your affairs in order instead of looking at it from the point of view, yes, you were diagnosed with something pretty bad or serious or, you know, mild complications, but we can handle it. We can get through this. That statement right there when it says this includes any ball player or a member of the baseball family who may contract an, an incurable disease. Already they they are going along with the diagnosis. They are agreeing with the bad report. Why not agree with the good report of Jesus Christ who died for our sins and also he bore our sicknesses and our diseases. So you have to remember that I don't remember when the first revival occurred in the United States. I'd have to look that up. But you know there are many people that claim to be Christian or they claim to believe in God, but when it comes to tough situations it's like they forget that there is a god and so they just go along with whatever the bad situation is as opposed to going directly to their heavenly father there is a big difference in those actions there so already this is already a very socialized medicine kind of view oh it's incurable we need money someone else's money and then we'll help you maybe we'll help you that's socialism because you are relying on somebody else to pay your for your keep your your health care your medical care all this stuff and that's not the american way but that's how a lot of these associations behave and are founded and how they operate because they it's like they they typically put down capitalism and democracy but yet they want the money and they want the freedom well i'm sorry you can't have your cake and eat it too you know what they should do is they should help these people find jobs where they can make way more money but not not play baseball and my screen just blocked out so i hope that this is still recording so um my personal opinion is instead of relying on other people why not rely on god when you rely on the god of abraham it's a win win so why would you rely on anything else see this is the problem with associations and unions They typically never put God first. They put money first. It's all about money. Well, the love of money is the root of all evil. Is that any surprise? It says it in the Bible. And the Bible doesn't lie. People lie, but the Bible does not. Um but this article goes on to say we are proud to provide emergency assistance for a broad range of circumstances one may encounter in their life. Well, that's socialism. <laughs> Good luck with that. You're always going to run out of someone else's money. It says since the beginning, our association has grown to over 101,500 members and we have helped over 3,700 ball players. I'm like, that's it. You have that many members, but you only helped out like 3,700? Come on. You can't tell me more people didn't have problems. See, that's the problem with socialism. You're always going to run out of someone else's money, but if you actually help the person that's suffering, if you help them get back on their feet so that they don't have to rely on someone else, then more people would be helped. See, th- there's a difference in the type of charity here. True charity is where you actually want what is best for somebody else. And you want them to get back on their feet regardless of their circumstances. 
doesn't matter if there's an incurable disease. It doesn't matter. You know what I've learned over the years? I've worked with a lot of people that have retired. I've noticed that many people, whenever they retire and they really love their job, they don't last very long in terms of life and living when they retire because they totally lost momentum and they lost their passion and they lost their desire. So basically, keep your passion, keep your desire. That keeps you alive because you have something to look forward to. Socialism and this this type of gathering money or whatever, this doesn't really help people. They only helped 3,700 since 1924. That's it. That that's it. I mean, think about it. The numbers don't add up, so it's not a fruitful endeavor. It's not self-sustainable. It's not doable and it's not profitable. But yet they have the 501c3 status. This is why so many 501c3s are 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 corrupt and just stupid in how they operate. Not every 501c3 is corrupt, but they don't understand currency. They don't understand supply and demand and they don't understand the stock market. They don't understand clients, expenses, accounts payable, accounts receivable. They don't understand uh taxes at a state or federal level and it's just like this is why they are money grabbing I hate to use this word but they're money grabbing whores. And that's W H O R E S and yes I said that word. My apologies for using vulgarity but I think you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that word. And when I say whores I'm not just talking about women because there are also um male whores out there unfortunately. Um especially homosexual ones but So it's things that a horror is a horror. It's like no matter how much money you give them or how much money they, they demand, it's never enough. It's the exact same way with these associations. It is the exact same thing. And my apologies for using that word. Usually we don't use vulgarity on this show, but you know, it's a noun and it definitely describes a certain way of life and also a certain mentality. And that mentality of give me give me give me you don't deserve what you have so you should give it to me that is rampant in socialism labor unions trade unions and associations it is rampant rampant and it gets so old and what's really sad is they take something where there actually is a need i have no doubt and i truly do believe there are people that get diagnosed with something that's serious or even just mildly serious and they need financial assistance well That doesn't mean that you embrace socialism. That's not how you really help people. That that's just not how it's done. Again, since 1924, they've only helped 3,700 people. That that's not much at all. That's That's pathetic. That's pathetic. Especially since, you know, Antibiotics have only been out since like around World War II, since the mid 1940s. So just think about all the diseases that people had or could have had back before antibiotics came out. Like think about all the bacterial infections, and I'm not just talking about STDs. But I mean like even just a sinus infection or a inner ear infection or maybe bronchitis, pneumonia, at least the bacterial form of pneumonia. And so I mean there's all these different diseases and infections that you could have gotten. prior to antibiotics being invented it's just like you know 
sometimes people don't want to acknowledge the goodness of God. I mean, God can raise the dead. So why would you stay, stay stuck in that mentality of, oh, it's incurable, oh, it's bad? Oh, me, oh, my, oh, you, whatever shall I do? I mean, seriously, like, don't sing that tune. Instead, you need to be singing and saying, my God supplies all my needs. With God, all things are possible. Why not cling to hope instead of despair? See, the way that socialism gets a hold on people is it focuses on fear and despair. As opposed, as opposed to actually helping people. And being able to afford that help. This association can't afford to really help people. That's why they haven't helped very many people since 1924. That's almost 100 years ago. Like, think about how long ago you know, this has been going on. So FYI, be aware of that. So it says, our association, get this, is the humanity part of baseball. Right. And so this next snippet is an excerpt from a 1932 APBPA membership book. It says, do your duty to your fellow man by becoming a member and contributing to the greatest organization the ball players and umpires have ever had. That's bull. That's bull. The greatest organization you can ever join and be a part of is the family of God. Because that's where you can get your healing. That's where you can get health, wealth, and prosperity. I mean, duh. See, this is a very fascist manifesto. It goes on to say, if this organization is not, if, is not worthwhile, there never was one. Wow, the arrogance of that statement. goes on to say, has any other organization done so much good with so little? <laughs> they haven't even done a lot with what little they have. So the arrogance of that. goes on to say, this association is the humanity part of baseball, bull, and it all simmers down to one thing. Do you want to help the old, injured, and sick ball players and umpires when they cannot help themselves? Well, me personally, no, I don't. I don't. I don't care to do that at all. I am not someone else's personal piggy bank, and neither are you. What's interesting is that when you teach someone how to fish, they learn to catch their own fish. Even in, even in tough times, they learn how to live life. Maybe we should be teaching people about finances. You know, I saw a video not too long ago. I can't remember if it was, was it YouTube or Twitter? I'm, try, I'm not on Twitter very much, but... Um, it's probably on YouTube. There's a video, I can't remember, I think it was a guy who interviews people at the mall. And if, if I'm wrong, I will obviously correct myself, but I'm pretty sure it's this guy. He's pretty funny. He interviews people at the mall, and he was asking young people, like teeny boppers in their 20s, you know, what do you wish that they would teach in public school? Like, what do you think is missing? And so many young people said, oh, they don't teach us about money. They don't teach us about buying a house. They don't teach us about buying a car. We have no understanding of debt, but yet we have all these student loans. Like these young people don't have a clue about money management. Gee, that's nothing new. No one taught these baseball players about money management. You can't tell me there, were, there weren't successful business people back then. We had an economy back then just like we do now. We had a stock market uh, back then like we do now. Like this is nothing new. So instead of relying on other people, 
We should be teaching ourselves, and whatever we know, we should be teaching others, especially our younger generations. And I think, regardless of your age, you should be learning. You should be learning, and that's not an insult; that's a compliment. I mean, it's kind of like this podcast. You know, almost every time, and again, my phone blacked out. I apologize. I want to make sure this isn't pausing on me.、Um, Especially with this podcast, there are so many things I learned about my own country with this that I never knew about. Like, for example, I knew about super fun sites, but I didn't know about those until I took a class in college, and it was just a class about how to be like a mediator or something like that. It was just a, it wasn't a blow off class. It was actually very serious. It was just an upper elective class that I had to take in order to graduate because I was surprisingly short on electives. I had overtaken classes. On my actual core classes and what I actually need to take because it was my favorite subject, you know, the stuff I studied, which was English and history, and I, I guess I didn't take enough elect- electives, or I was told that some of my English classes and my history classes,、um, if I've already completed what I need to complete, then the ones that、um, I don't need to take could count towards my electives, and that wasn't true. So then I had to take these classes that had absolutely nothing to do with my degree, but I learned far more in those classes. Then in my classes that were specifically about my major, and so it was in this class about how to be a mediator and how to like run a meeting or something, and it was pretty intense. Like it was not easy. It was very interesting.、Um, the guy who was teaching our class, very interesting professor. He's actually a professional mediator, and it's a full time job, and it's a very serious job too. And so、um, he actually worked on. Being the mediator between、uh, people in this town in Oklahoma, and I guess the EPA or one of these government agencies, in helping to decide which homeowners get money and how much they get based on how much damage was done to their property because of a Superfund site. I was like, we have a what in Oklahoma? And he's like, a Superfund site. It's a toxic hazardous waste site. I'm like, we have that here in the state of Oklahoma. I was shocked. I was shocked, and in this one town, there are giant sinkholes that can completely engulf your house, and you could die if it just all of a sudden collapses, like streets collapse. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, we have that here!" I had no idea, no idea, and so learned a lot about that. So, needs to say, it's like what I say whenever I'm typing up the descriptions on my shows or the different episodes. Knowledge is power. Because with that knowledge, you are extremely ignorant. And again, I mean no disrespect; it's just the truth. I mean, I'm, I'm ignorant on like radiology and sociology and stuff I never studied, and that's not my major. It's not my field. It's not my occupation. So, needless to say, if I were to go into which I'm not, but if if I were to go into those industries, like say for example anesthesiology, I would have to start all over with my education because I have no background in that. That's not my forte. That's not my specialty. So needs to say, knowledge is power because it guards you and protects you as well. It helps you to not get hoodwinked. And this is why we go over these different associations because, like for example, this one. Oh, we're helping the sick. We're helping the diseased. Well, what are you doing about it? They've only helped like thirty-seven hundred people in like a hundred years. That's it. You know what that reminds me of? Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. It doesn't do squat to help people, 
but yet it costs these programs, federal programs, not associated with this organization or association, those federal programs cost billions if not trillions of dollars, and it's just pouring your money, your tax dollars down a rat hole. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. But it goes on to say, this is part of their little manifesto, for you must remember, you're going to get old yourself and may possibly become sick with an incurable disease, or you may become permanently injured through no fault of your own. And it is mighty it is mighty nice to have something to fall back on and, and receive some relief. Wow. Wow, isn't that kind of a scare tactic? Let me read that again. For you must remember, so don't forget, someday it is going to be curtains for you. It says, for you must remember, you are going to get old yourself. Wow, what a compliment. And may possibly become sick with an incurable disease. Ooh, let's just scare people. Or you may become permanently injured. Oh, no, through no fault of your own. And it is mighty nice to have something to fall back on and receive some relief. Wow, what labor union claptrap. That is that is fear-mongering. Everybody gets old. So it's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get old. So, yeah, I should join that organization. It's like, no, no. How about instead of, instead of focusing on what you don't want, focus what you do want. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, health, wealth, and prosperity. I mean, just, you might as well go for the pie in the sky. I look at it this way. Why settle for less than God's best? Like, this stuff is just nuts. Like, when I read that paragraph, like, my mouth dropped. And this is part of their pamphlets that they would pass out to people. That is fear-mongering. That is that is causing oh gosh this is this bugs me. It's causing people encouraging people to doubt their life and to have a good life like they're they're trying to get people to focus on the bad and the negative. This is like CNN on steroids but back before the news, right? Before television. Oh, you're going to get old. It's going to be bad. Oh, you don't want to you don't want one of them diseases, do you? I can just see how they talk like hicks with this. I I bet you they totally talk like hicks with this. Oh, you know you're going to get old someday. You might get one of them diseases. I guarantee you folks they talk like that. I guarantee you that they, they they instilled fear in people and it's like, you know what? We are a Christian nation. One nation under God. We should never ever be talking like what this stupid pamphlet says. Never. Never, never, never. And if my phone was not on my table right here, I'd be slamming my fist on the table. We should never, never ever be talking like this. So what if you get old? Enjoy your life. And just because you get sick, that doesn't mean you have to stay sick. You know what's interesting is that it wasn't long after this that there were tent revivals with Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, oh gosh, what was that what was that guy's name? Something Allen, but there were many great preachers back in the day. And they were made fun of and ridiculed and it's like, you know what? People that want to be healed, 
They want to be healed. They don't want to be sad, sick, and suffering. And I'm like, you know what? I always find it interesting whenever someone makes fun of someone else that longs for health and wants a healing. And I'm like, wow, you've never been sick, have you? Or you haven't been sick enough. You, you haven't been on your knees almost at death's door, have you? You haven't suffered. You don't know what it's like to go through hell and back. Because I know from personal experience, when you are going through hell, you want healing so bad, you want to get away from all the bad stuff, and you're like, Lord, I believe, I believe. <coughs> Excuse me. And here's the thing. I'm only 39, but when I was younger, the first 18 years of my life, I was raised in a Wrath of God Church of Christ cult. And they would love this pamphlet because they loved to basically feed people fear. Oh, you better do this or God's going to strike you dead. That's what this crap, excuse my language, this malarkey, the, the, these lies straight out of the pit of hell. That's what it reminds me of. This whole manifesto is a cult classic to brainwash people, to manipulate them, and to get their money. That's what it's about. It's about greed. And if you think there isn't greed in so-called Christian churches, think again, folks. Think again. It's hard to find a church where there isn't greed. It is so frustrating to me because it's like, You, you want something that, that is good and true. And sometimes that's hard to find. And when something is hard to find, it's worth looking for. It's worth fighting for. It's worth believing in your Heavenly Father. What's interesting is that nothing on this page from this association talks about health, healing, wealth, having a good life. It's all curtains. It's all just Debbie Downer BS. I'm surprised that men fall for this. Where are the men that are so bullheaded that they're like, you know what? I don't want to hear any lousy garbage. I only want to hear good stuff. So if, if you can't say something nice or uplifting, I don't want to hear it. And that doesn't mean stick your head in the sand and not acknowledge things that are going on. But, you know, there's a clear difference in how someone delivers the news to you. You know what I mean? Like, for example, you can have two totally different family members in your family. They tell you the exact same story, but each of them interprets it completely different. One sees the positive, one only sees the negative. This association only sees the negative, and it's about getting money. Because if this was actually a good organization, they would have helped way more people. Way more people. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. But they have not done that. They haven't done that at all. So moving on to talking about past board members and past presidents. Some of them are uh, Walter Bowles, Walter Johnson, Charlie Graham, Calvin Griffith, Joe Cronin, George Stovall, Clark Griffith, Eddie Sawyer, Um, Fred Haney, John McHale, Frank Isbell, Eddie Collins, I think Clarence Rowland, 
Bob, I think it's Sheffing, uh, Roland Hammond, Jim Rance, and Bobby Gritch, if that's how you pronounce his name, past secretaries. So people, I'm guessing, they either take the minutes or they handle the money. I'm not really sure because sometimes secretaries do that. But it is Russ Hall, Chuck Stevens, Wynn Clark, uh, Dick Beveridge, Bobby Adams, and then past board members. Oh, there's quite a few. Uh, Cap Dillon, Pete Daly, John McGraw, Dan Howley, George Dal Ripple, John Rawlings, Roger Peckinpah, I think that's how you pronounce it, Art Griggs, Jake Atz, Charlie O'Leary, Charlie Grimm, John Evers, Bill Clem, Truck Hanna, um, these sound made up, Bonus Wagner, Gabby Hartnett, Let's see, Bill McKechie, Hank Gowdy, Jimmy Wilson, Pepper Martin, Muddy Rule, Charlie Check, Sam Crawford, Bill Essick, George Cutshaw, Rube Ellis, Andy High, Norm Brashear, Wade Killifer, and Doc Crandall. And there's like three other columns. I'm not going to read through all of them. Some of their names sound kind of weird. Um, but this organization is endorsed by the SABR. the Major League Baseball alumni, um, the MLB, PAA, the Arizona Fall League, the Rhodes Scholar Program, Major League Baseball's Play Ball Youth, how do we pronounce all that, um, or their program, Major League Baseball Assistance Team, Pat O'Connor, President of the Minor Leagues, Daryl Miller and the Compton Major League Baseball Youth Academy, It's also endorsed by AAGPL, then International Women's Baseball Center. I had no idea that existed. I, don't th I didn't think women um, were involved in baseball because usually it's softball. Then also the Arizona World of Baseball and then Nine Conference. I guess these are the people that endorse them. And it talks about um, having a local chapter. It says, we are excited to announce opening local chapters nationwide. These leaders are vital to efforts Um to grow the APBPA at a grassroots level. So that's how you know it's socialist because it's grassroots. That's how you know it's progressive is that it uses the grassroots level. That's always shady to me. Um, it says, are you interested in launching an APBPA chapter in your hometown? No, I'm not. Um, it says, help continue our historical mission of ballplayers, helping ballplayers since 1924. Well, they haven't really been helping people. They've only helped 3,700 people in like 99 years. That's not helping. Even Medicare and Medicaid help more people, and they suck at what they do. Okay, so it gives their address. Uh, it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. Their phone number is 602-730-4528, and it is a 501c3 charity organization. And let's see here. I think this was written by Newman Grace, or the website is maintained by Newman Grace. That's what it says. But anyway, um, I'm not a fan of this one because I think that when you're, when you're actually, when you say you're going to help people, you should actually help. And helping only 3,700 people since 1924, that's pathetic. Even car dealerships help more people than that. And most car dealerships kind of happen to be shady. So... 
I just think it's pathetic that even someone um, who is not as legit um, does a better job of helping people. <laughs> so you'd be surprised how many car dealerships help out in local communities. You'd be surprised. I'm not a fan of car dealerships, but I mean, especially uh, used car dealerships. But um, over the years, I've gotten to know people that own and operate car dealerships and actually work at them. And there's more good people there than there are bad. And so I think that's why they do more to help their local communities as opposed to organizations like this. So needs to say, if ever a car dealership is raising money or they're I think it's called Toys for Tots or something like that. They actually are raising legitimate funds and legitimate, um, I would say, projects and, and endeavors. And if ever you have questions about it, you can always ask the GM, the general manager of the car dealership. And they have to show you proof of what they're doing because it is a, a legality-type reason. So just FYI, be aware of that. So, I mean, my personal opinion, this organization sucks. I don't think it's done enough. And so I'm not surprised that it hasn't done enough because it was founded in California. California has been liberal and crazy, oh gosh, probably since the turn of the century. And what's really sad is that California, it, it had the potential to be quite an amazing state. Because they had the gold rush, they didn't always have state income tax, and now look, it's just in the toilets, in the tank now. There's so much progressivism and there's so much socialism that it just suffocates pretty much all success out there. I mean, unless you are a multimillionaire or a multibillionaire or trillionaire, it's almost impossible to live out there. And more and more people are leaving California. I'm not always a fan of that. I understand why they're leaving. But again, if I lived out there, I wouldn't leave. I would stay and fight the good fight of faith. I wouldn't give up on my state. I would not give up on my community. I would not give up on my town. I would not give up on my city where I live. I just wouldn't do that. My personal, my personal opinion is that all these people leaving California, I think they're just rats leaving a, a sinking ship. Like they're just abandoning it. I'm like, you know what? You screwed it up out there. You fix it. Vote in Republicans. You don't have to leave the state just because it gets tough. My goodness, suck it up. Like the last thing I want are a bunch of people that have no character and don't understand taxes and they don't understand democracy or capitalism. I don't want them moving here to Oklahoma or Texas or Florida or, or anywhere else. You know, basically my belief is you make a mess, you clean it up. And if you need help, you ask for it. But you don't just dump it on the lap of other people and that's what has happened in California. So needs to say, I'm not surprised this association was founded in California because California has been nutty for a long time. I don't know if they're just sitting out in the sun too long or what, but it is a problem. And here's the thing again, California is a beautiful, wonderful state. And it, it has the potential to do so much more. So much more. And I just think it's so sad that they... They don't value where they live. They don't value where they live. I May mean, I look at it this way? Like I currently live in Oklahoma. I don't like it here per se. I was born here, 
Not a fan of that. You can't control where you're born. But I look at this way. Wherever you are planted, wherever God has you in your stage of life, in that moment, everything you do, you should do with integrity and, and you should give it your all. You know, you should do your best to contribute to society. And mind you, I'm not a huge fan of Oklahoma <laughs> because it's an at-will state. But at the same time, I don't want it to become like California where it, it is the direct opposite of an at-will state. It's the direct opposite. And I, I personally don't want that for Oklahoma because I know from experience that whenever that pendulum swings to the far opposite, you're asking for trouble. And so instead of that pendulum swinging all the way to the opposite, opposite end of the spectrum and becoming crazy nutbag liberal progressive or Democrat, why not just be right there in the middle? Either be Republican or be right in the middle, but just don't go extreme to the liberal left. California, you know, it used to be affordable. Like back in the 1920s and 30s, Come the 1940s, like the more Hollywood and the the actors out there, the movie stars, the more they took over stuff out there and the more with their strange ideologies, which was very much not holy, it was very pagan. I mean, it was very extremely raunchy in the 1920s and 30s and 40s. And so um, the powers that be at the time in Hollywood and Beverly Hills They really led California into a very ungodly state. And that has permanently scarred California. I mean, because you'd be surprised how many movie stars, even just supporting actors and actresses, even from way back in the day, they were Democrat. I'm like, how can you vote for more of your money going down a rat hole? Like, I don't get that. See, that is lunacy. I'm all for paying taxes. Everybody should pay them. It's important to do so. But where it becomes a problem is when you value government, you value federal agencies more than your rights as a citizen. See, whenever people start voting Democrat and they start voting in really weird people and they start voting for really high taxes and start creating these associations and these labor unions, I'm like, you know what? I don't think they've read the Constitution of the United States. I don't think they know their rights like the amendments or the Bill of Rights. I don't think they understand or haven't even read it, much less read a Bible. That's the problem. Because if you don't know your rights as a citizen of this country or as a citizen of heaven then you're going to make some really stupid decisions based on your 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 mind, your your will, your emotions. Basically very very fleshly decisions. You know, I read a book a couple months ago. I think it's called Mommy Dearest. It's written by uh, one of Joan Crawford's daughters that she adopted. Oh man, this poor girl. I don't doubt at all that she's telling the truth in this book. Because I looked her up and I watched a couple interviews of her, you know, when the book came out or whatever. And there's just something about the way she talks. You can tell she's saying it like it is. Because she makes it a, a very clear distinction about 
when someone has a normal family and when they don't have a normal family. And so she kind of describes what it's like, um, or at least what it was like uh, back then, whenever a Hollywood movie star, especially a female actress, couldn't get pregnant or did not want to get pregnant. And they would just go buy a baby. And then they would find a, they called it a baby broker is what they called it. And these people would just show up at your house with a baby. And it was really strange. I mean, things have so changed. And, you know, after reading that book, I don't look at Joan Crawford the same anymore. I really don't. I mean, I kind of suspected she was a little nutty. Um, just from some of the, I don't know, some of the movie roles I've seen her do, there's something behind the eyes there that just doesn't seem normal. And so in this book written by one of her daughters, um, adopted daughters, all of her kids were adopted. I think she had two daughters and a son. Was it three or four kids? I'm trying to remember. Joan Crawford adopted a daughter and a son. And Joan Crawford disinherited them. She was really cruel to them. And then Joan Crawford adopted like one or two more children after them. Uh, maybe they were like, they were like older kids or maybe teenagers when Joan Crawford adopted these other children or something. And so the, the younger kids or child, I can't remember how many she adopted. They're like, Joan Crawford was not like that. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And I was like, you know what? You weren't born yet. <laughs> You don't know what this, this girl and her adopted brother went through. I mean, it was strange. It was really disturbing. And plus, what you have to remember was that back then, child abuse wasn't really considered a crime, especially in California. And this girl, she was beaten horribly by Joan Crawford. Horribly. And Joan Crawford will, would call, like, the local police... This is like back before there was 911, okay? You would call the local police department if they picked up the phone because they weren't open 24-7 back in the day. So a police officer would come over and Joan Crawford would tell him, oh, she's a horrible child and you know, she would just make up all these lies about her. And then the, the police officer would interview the child and he could see that she's been beaten to a pulp. She's got black eyes. She's crying. She's scared to death of her mother. And the police officer told this, this little girl that basically if her mother calls the police again and claims that you're the, that she's the problem, the little girl's the problem, she could be taken to basically prison for children. And it's just like shocking. Like kids basically had no rights, especially adopted kids. So why did I bring this up? I bring this up because California has been weird for a long time. And I, I just think it's really sad because, you know, what it kind of reminds me of, it reminds me of these movie stars these days that, or just entertainers in general, they adopt these kids, you know, like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, when they adopted all these kids from Africa, oh, they're doing a good deed. Yeah, right. And then Madonna, she's got all these kids she adopted or something. Oh, she's doing a good deed. Yeah, right. It's very similar to Joan Crawford. I mean, it's just like, wow. Um, and what's interesting is that movie stars, they have a way of, of being able to adopt children that the rest of society cannot adopt in that manner. And so what was really interesting, of course, I already knew this about um, movie stars that have kids. 
whether they have their own kids or adopt, very rarely are their children normal because typically their parents are not normal. And the reason why their parents are not normal is because they're in Hollywood. They are just, it's like they have their soul sucked out of their body because they're so desperate for a movie to be made with them in it and they're so desperate for money. So basically you have a lot of people that sell their soul to the devil. So needless to say, I'm not surprised at all that any any association or labor union is started in California and and it starts out as being fascist and socialist. You know, fascism and socialism is nothing new to the United States. It's just that it's never been more tolerated before. You see, you have to remember that Fascism, I've said this before, fascism did not exist in the United States until immigrants from other countries came here with that ideology and just poisoned our country with it. Just just really screwed up people's minds. Oh, and just create this this whole oh, I'm a victim mentality. It's like, you know what? Instead of playing victim, why don't you open your own business? Why don't you why don't you create your own team? You know, why don't you want what is rightfully yours instead of giving yourself permission to take from somebody else? That's probably my biggest beef with associations like this. See, this is pre-Medicare, pre-Medicaid, uh pre-VA, um pre uh social security, pre-disability. Uh it's pre all these social welfare programs, but this is kind of the beginning of that stuff. See they have this negative mindset instead of a positive mindset and that really determines your fate and what's going to happen. So needs to say I'm not a fan of this one. I found it to be very disturbing. I mean just how they talk about life. Oh, you could get old. You could get an incurable disease. Oh no. Give us your money. Wow. classy not really but it's just i i can see why they were not able to help very many people and why they have not helped very many people because if all you ever focus on is the bad instead of the good then you're missing out on so many things i mean it's kind of like and i'll close with this it's kind of like when you name your child a really awful name that scars that child and it messes them up and it it really destroys their future. It's kind of the same thing. What is the mindset and what is the label that you're putting on yourself and on other people? Is it positive? Is it good? Is it true? Is it genuine? Or is it basically everything that we just read in this stupid manifesto of this association? I mean, it's just When I read about this, I was just like, "Wow, eugenic strikes again." No wonder the United States needed a revival and multiple revivals to help wake up people from their stupid slumber and stop listening to this garbage, this claptrap. I mean, why believe in something negative when you can believe in something good? I mean, I just I don't get it, but that's just where I guess I I can speak from experience because of what I was raised in. 
You know, when you're raised in a cult, it screws you up. It has taken years to peel away the layers of that onion. And I still work on it. It's a daily thing. But it's because of what I was raised in and what I went through and what I've gone through that I can recognize shady stuff like this. I can recognize when someone doesn't really have best intentions towards somebody else and they don't really care to do what's right because they're focusing on the negative, not the positive, but yet they want your money. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not falling for this one, but I guess some people do. But I will go ahead and end it there for this podcast, but as usual until next time. I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Waves transform.